0: You're listening to Voice Memos, the show about two longtime friends who have informative, yet brief discussions about multitudinous topics. If you want to go deep into a topic, this is not the podcast for you. We keep it shallow. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jen and Myron. You just sitting there
1: waiting? <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know what? When you become a parent and a spouse, that's like 80% of your success.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just sitting around waiting.
2: <laughs> you know what? This funny. I was so, you may not know this. You asked me this like many episodes ago to talk about any current writing projects I have. So yes. I, am, I am currently writing three books. Wow. Right? I never answered you. So I have a novel that's going on right now that I'm deep into, and two other smaller book projects. And, you know, I, like many people who do any type of archie kind of work, you like your time to do that. And I have, you know, my daughter, who will be 19 this, this month, who is in college, and on her breaks from college, or the days that she doesn't go, or when she does online class, she's here with me during the day. My daughter's also slowly renovating her bedroom. And so she bought some, she recently bought some, um, some new curtains. She went to hang curtains and put up curtain rods and all was kind of malarkey. So malaki. as I'm trying, as I'm deep into writing what I need to be writing and my daughter wants to spend an indoor amount of time talking about how to hang curtains. Okay. Oh, my god! <laughs> Rackets. And, you know, the whole, deal, measuring. And so she talks for like 20 straight minutes as I'm sitting in front of my computer mid-thought on this thing that I'm writing. And I go, you know, L-E-N is like the best person at hanging things. <laughs> I,
1: see. I see what you're doing there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I, I say... You know, and truthfully, I could do this, but it's probably going to take me three hours. Whereas <laughs> she could do this in about 20 minutes. And so my daughter says, as daughters the world over will say, but I want you to help me, daddy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So fast forward an hour and a half later, we're at the hardware store. <laughs>
1: You know, like, it's like when they do those video transitions, and it's all 10 hours later.
2: Yes. Yes. is <laughs> like, oh, my God, because we needed the right size drill bit. Oh, like, drill bit. And look, Wait, you have yeah. a drill? So, interestingly enough, I do not.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, that's not interesting. That's but, not-
2: <laughs> to my point, L.A.N. has a drill. Oh. And it's pink.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> so,
0: so
2: we we find a drill bit. And so now we're four hours into this, right? And nothing has been on. And now to people that know how to do these things, it would seem ridiculous that why would this take this long? And I totally agree with you because I am not one of those people that do these things. Like that's not where my skill set is. And so and my daughter knows that, but my daughter also has that thing that you really want your children to have. She wants to learn how to do something herself. That's right? and, and I totally get it. And She wants me along with the, with the journey, right?
1: <laughs> Great.
2: <laughs> so, so we do this and we get, you know, one of the brackets in or something. And then I have to leave to pick up Elliot from school. And when I come back, my daughter's finished. Like she, oh. she, right, she got it done. And then she says, but dad, I made a mistake. I go, what? She goes, well, when I bought these curtains at Target, I got fooled. I thought it was curtains for the entire window, but it's just one side.
1: Oh yeah. And I'm like, so-
2: oh, that's a dirty trick. Everybody everybody experiences that one time. <laughs> yep,
1: at least, right? yep.
2: <laughs> I said, that I learned it, now you know, right? And So so then Ann comes home, she walks by and she goes, oh, that looks really good. How long did it take? I said, oh, about four hours. She was like, I could've done that in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, I hate everybody. I hate every, everybody right now. <laughs> so so yes, yeah, so anyway, that's my week. Like that's my week trying to sit and do my writing because actually we finished that story. So then after that, Elena sits down across from me where I'm writing and she goes, you know, let me tell you about this, this student. And now it was like an hour later. Just, oh, naughty. <laughs> oh my god oh my god this is brutal was brutal so yes i spent a lot of time just waiting and listening to people talk it, you know it's wonderful but also it's that you know,
1: so you got three books to write
2: yes i got three books to write and you know what look i'm writing three books where two books are are basically done and being edited and then one i am only about 10 15 percent done right now but also you know i put out this monthly magazine and so i just got that out earlier because i wanted to get it out early for black history month so i did that and then i do a weekly blog and i had missed a week so i wrote two of those so i've been doing a lot of writing but what happens when you do a lot or when i do a lot of writing i want to do more
1: yeah Is you start to get you're like wow this isn't you get that that writer's high
2: yes yes and you could just like pump out words. like I, I just had someone who told me you know, they want to submit an article for my next magazine, and they asked how many words could it be, and I was like, well, you know, if you do a feature or something, it could be, um, you know, 1,000 words, um, 2,000, 3,000. You tell me, like, well, we'll find some space. And this is a published writer, right? And they respond back, okay, I'll, I'll begin thinking about a 300-word essay, and I'm just like, you know what? I did 3,000 words in this novel today and 1,500 in this block I wrote yesterday. Like, what? why would you think I wanted 300 words for you? Like, that's saying nothing. Like, what? And so, but that's where my head space is. That seems so small, right? See, Like, it just seems inconsequential, but, you know, maybe it's not. But where I am, because I'm pushing out so many words, that just seem like, well, don't waste my time with that. So... Anyway, that's how the sausage, or that's some of the how the sausage is being made here. It, just
1: right. <laughs> it reminds me of, you know, I guess you get a little manic when you're writing. So you end up getting this, like, you get into this zone, as what I hear writers say. And yeah. this morning when I was at my Orange Theory class, this woman kind of, she not kind of, she came out of the studio because it was a 5 a.m. class and I was going to six o'clock. And she knocked over her water a little bit. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I'm on this runner high. And I said, never in my life have I ever used that sentence in my entire life. Like, <laughs> I've, been, I've been on this planet for 50, almost 53 years. And no sentence that says, I was on a runner high ever came out
0: of my mouth. <laughs> a
2: a runner's high.
1: <laughs> I was like, I, I don't even know what that means. So when you write, I can imagine this zone that you get in. Based yeah. on what you know, like you just you start to find this amazing groove, and you then do. the words come.
2: You do because you start like I'm writing a novel, right? And it's nonfiction, and everything, and so you have characters, and you have um, character plots and scenes, and you know things people are saying, personalities, all this kind of crap. You know that goes into writing you know, a, a story, and so you have. I think in this novel I'm writing, I two, four, I, like twelve people. And you know you gotta sort of you gotta weave all that together somehow into a story, right? And these people have to talk to each other. They have to have lives that you, your audience have to, your readers have to connect with these people. So, so when you're writing, you're not just writing, you know, see Dick and Jane, see Dick and Jane, you know, run, see you know, spot. Like you have to write full, complete stories, and so your mind gets into, into that, right? So you're just in that world, just. You know, trying to make it come alive. And I would imagine very similar to like when you're um you know, any kind of art still or any kind of thing you're focused on. So like when you're working out, like you say you're at Orange Theory, you're doing your workouts and you have a you have a routine. And yeah. so if you're if you're you know 30 minutes into your routine, you're just getting in a good groove. Yeah. And if someone stops you at twenty-five and stops you at 35 and 40, oh. you're like, holy fuck, you know, this yeah, I, I can't get, you, you know you can't get your 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 body cooperating and doing what it needs to be doing so I imagine it's like that but but like you in the running, I don't work out two hours two times a day so I wouldn't know but it seems like it would be similar
1: it would be similar that that high that place. you I've heard that phrase before I've just never said it
2: so yeah. I've never
1: bumped into anybody and said oh, I'm sorry I'm I'm On a runner's
2: high right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny about that, sir? So I have the opposite of a runner's high because when I was in high school in Oakland, and my high school was in the hills, Skyline High School, same high school Tom Hanks went to for a minute. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. and Gary and Gary Payton, who played in the NBA, won the Hall of Fame. But anyway, and in our gym class, um, I think I was I think I was in the 10th grade. And that and back then I was freshman, so high school was 10, 11, and 12. And so I had, I think it was first or second period gym, which was the worst because Oakland Hill is always cold in the morning. But anyway, we had to run out of the school to, um, there was a fire department about a little more than a mile away. So we had to run out of the school to the fire department, come back. And then if there was time, you do some other activities. And so I would say, said to my coaches, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not running. Like I'm not doing that or to the gym teacher, whatever they're called. And man, that guy screamed and yelled in my face. I could still smell his stinky breath. And he was just yelling that, you know, how much, how I would like, yeah, I would. And, you know, even then at 15 or 16, however old I was, I had this realization that you can't physically make someone run. <laughs> like oh, right like if he was a lion or if he had a gun you could run but it's just your voice like you can't make me run and i go oh, I'm, not, I'm not gonna run and so every day for that school year or however long we had to do that i just walked to the um fire fire station and walked back by the time i was back gym was over <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were that kid. <laughs> right.
2: And so what's funny was he couldn't fail me because I was actually doing the thing. So yeah. I think in the beginning getting a D, which was passing, I'm, like, I'm good. Like, I'm I'm good. Like, I will not. I, I don't run. It hurts my brain. And I'm not going to do it. But I will walk. You know, I'll walk forever. But that guy was so mad that I would not run. But I felt so good about it.
1: <laughs> Did he yell at you like um the guy from Indiana? What's his name? That coach?
2: Oh, you're thinking of uh, Bobby something or Bobby other. Knight. Bobby Knight. Yeah, that guy was a <laughs> maniac. Guy.
1: A maniac. I just, when you started, said he started screaming at you, that's the vision that popped into my head.
2: My God, Bobby that Knight. guy, his head would look, look, he coached at Indiana, so they their colors were like a deep red and white. And his, he would wear those Indiana sweaters, the Indiana sweater that was like yeah. deep red. And his whole head would match that red sweater, like a tomato. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: he gets so mad at college students. Now remember, we're not, we're not, they're not playing, they weren't in the NBA. There wasn't right. millions of dollars on the line. It, this was college.
2: It was it was crazy. You know what? It, there's a famous quote, uh, a famous quote from Michael Jack from Michael Jordan, because Michael Jordan was in college, he played on uh the Olympic team. And the Olympic team, and they wanna go mad on everything. And Bobby Knight was the coach of the Olympic team. Oh, shit. He was the head coach of the Olympic team that year. And I think it was like whenever Olympics were 84 or 80. I don't know when that was. But anyway, um, and Michael Jordan was at, he played at North Carolina. And his coach was Dean Smith, the most calm, mellow guy, coach ever. Like, he rarely yelled, didn't raise his voice. He was just like, you know, chill. And they were asking Michael Jordan, they were like, well, how do you like playing for Coach Mm -hmm. Knight? George's like, well, he's at this time, Michael George is a teenager. He's like, well, you know, he's a good coach. He just uh he cusses more than my other
1: coach.
2: <laughs> Bobby not be dropping F-bombs on 18-year-olds.
1: Exactly for no reason. <laughs> Man,
2: you know what the world has changed. Like those coaches cannot be dropping F-bombs on those players anymore. Like nobody mm-hmm. doing practice, clothes door practice. But with all the cameras on them, they cannot do that stuff anymore.
1: You've got to be careful with that. Yeah, because I think, didn't he throw a chair or something at somebody? Oh, yeah,
2: he threw chairs. Yeah. And that's one of his famous things. That chair went, because it was on the opposite side of the court. So he threw that chair and that chair, slid. he it he threw it where it landed about half court. And then it just skidded and spun all the way down.
1: <laughs> you know, speaking of Michael Jordan... You mentioned him, and immediately I thought about um, Real Housewives of Miami and Larsa Pippen Lord. dating Michael Jordan's son.
2: Lord, that, that's a mess, huh?
1: How, like, just, if just mm. le- let's just let this sit in for a second. Now, I'm not womansplaining, but Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan played at the same time with the Bulls. Yeah. So Larsa, who doesn't even look like Larsa anymore, ends up marrying Scotty Pippen. They get divorced, amicably it seems.
2: And they had and kids. And what? And they had kids.
1: And they had kids. Then, lo and behold, just this year, maybe late last year, she is dating Michael Jordan's son. Nah. Ugh,
0: that is- now,
1: I, the age difference doesn't get me. You know, I've dated mm-hmm. somebody that was 19 years young, younger than me. I, the age difference doesn't hit me. The way that Larsa Pippen is dating Michael Jordan's son.
2: Right, like that is, (laughs) because you know what? Because that means that more likely than not, Michael Jordan was at Scottie Pippen's wedding, right? So he was, most likely he was at Scottie Pippen's wedding to Larsa, who became Larsa Pippen. And they probably... Their families probably sat together at some of those Bulls games. So Larsa Pippen would have seen and known Michael Jordan's sons, right, when they were kids. And years later, she divorces Scotty Pippen. And I don't know if she's married, she's not married, but she's dating in a long term relationship with Michael Jordan's son, one of his sons. And that, look, that's sort of odd.
1: That's odd to me. Like, I just can't wrap my brain around how that all happened.
2: Right. That's like, holy, it just is that that's weird. Like, you don't want Like I don't know if he and Scotty were best friends. Like, I don't know that because you never know if teammates are best friends. But there's no doubt um, that they were close because like they were a duo and they won six championships with the Bulls. And you know, they're Michael, Michael Jordan's older than me. So if I'm I'm 59, I think Michael Jordan's like 61, 62, something like that. And Scottie Pippen was a few years younger. So he's you know, he's mid mid 50s. And it just so Larsa's is about that age. She's not much Larsa's younger. 50.
1: 50. She's fifty. I she was born in 74 because we're watching uh, the traders, right? Okay. And okay. on the Traders, they said, if you're born in this age, come over here.
0: And she Sorry. was born
2: on Traders, Phaedra said, "I think it was Phaedra. No, no, one of those other ladies said. Oh, I thought
1: Sandra, I,
2: Sandra, oh, Sandra said. Oh, I didn't know she was. She My was gosh. born in nineteen seventy four. I thought she was at least ten or twelve years older."
1: <laughs> now listen, I'm all for. I get the. I get the occasional every four or five months. The little Botox here and the four. Like I'm all about like. However you choose to live your life, whatever surgeries you get, my facelift will come, all of that. Right. What I have a hard time is legitimately, her face is not the face she had when she was married to Scotty Pippen.
2: She looks much different. Like she looks much like different. a different person.
1: If you put both of them side by side, you, I wouldn't even say that they were siblings. That's how yes. different she looked.
2: That's a great point because she... And I'm I'm like you, like, look, if people have money or they have um, a desire to change um, any part of their bodies, including their faces, then that's your right. Do it. You know, have have at it. Like, I don't care. It, It is it is start to see someone who, though, after what appears to be multiple um, types of facial surgeries just look different look like a different person
1: different person it, it's shocking some sometimes i will pause the tv and just think to myself i, I don't even see a resemblance of her old self anywhere right? so it's incredible i i i mean to you, know what's funny own- so, you know
2: another layer to, to that that's funny with her that she i noticed from watching um she's on the house rise of
1: miami Atlanta, miami
2: okay i know it's from watching the house rise of miami is that she makes money off OnlyFans showing her feet.
1: Yep.
2: So I'm like, well, why are you messing with your face? He
1: exactly, like, mess with your feet.
2: Right, so so like me, my moneymaker is my face.
1: We <laughs> 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 <You> never want. <laughs> and <laughs> sir, she denies.
2: Yeah, her moneymaker are her feet. <laughs> like, <laughs> you really don't have to do your BBLs and your face. But I, look, I respect your right to do it. But your feet are making you money. Like, go with that. <laughs> Keep them feet good, looking good.
1: <laughs> and she denies the fact. She has repetitively denied the fact that she got That's to crazy. That's denied crazy. it. I don't
2: know. I, like, why deny? It? Like, it's not a big deal. You know, I saw this lady on, I think it was the TikTok. And she said, you know, people, the public people, are always coming for uh, famous women who have, the surgeries, right? BBLs, boobs, facelifts, whatever. And she said, But you know, every man you see in Hollywood, he has it too. And she said, and I'm not throwing shade at him. It's just that, you know, let's look at some of the men who've had these surgeries. And she just goes through all these famous men. And and the one that I remember the most was the the singer Drake. She was like, look at Drake's before picture. And let's look at his after. And she said, you know, she he was at like a, a pool or something. So she said, this is a really good one because we could see his, you know, his body and before and after. And at the body, he just looked like a regular guy in the before picture, right? Regular guy, you know, he wasn't
1: Canada's. overweight
2: or anything. Yeah, you know, a couple little love handles, just regular guy. And his after, he has like an eight pack. Yeah. And. The little, he had, you know, um, men don't like you when you call them boobs, but they're just small boobs, you know, yeah, call them what you want. And she said, but he had, I can't think what that surgery is, but he said he had that surgery right here. And I'm just look at his face. And you showed, like, his face. And, and she said, I don't want to throw shade at him. And then she went through some other men in Hollywood and, you know, singers and stuff, just regular people, regular people that we know as, you know, famous people. And men, and they've had all those surgeries, but you just don't see and hear it as often, the criticisms.
1: You don't, except for, so recently, there's a couple of things that when it comes to plastic surgery, listen, I get it's your right not to say it. But if someone asks you, you should be 100% truthful. Yes, I did get that done. Or you don't have to walk around on your platform and be like, yesterday, I got a facelift. Woo-hoo. But if someone asks and they say did you get a BBL and you say no? Blatantly lie. That's right. where I lose respect for that person. But Brad Pitt, whoever right. Brad Pitt's surgery surgeon is, that's who people should be going to. Right. Demi Moore. I don't know if you saw Demi Moore lately, but Demi Moore looks like she is thirty years old.
2: They made her. Look, they they turned back the clock on Demi Moore.
1: I don't know. I don't know what she's getting. I don't know. Right. I will tell you. Whatever, you know, most people say in comments is like, you know, I'm not ugly. I'm just poor. But legitimately, she, it is incredible. So no one's asked her, like, what, did you get a facelift? She had to come out and deny it. Or... But Martha Stewart did. So uh, to the point oh, of God. this, Martha Stewart is 70-something years old. And what she said she had done is Botox and fillers. Bitch, you did not at 76 years old just have Botox <laughs> and fillers. Like, <laughs> Oh
0: my God.
2: There are some sculpting, some buccal fat there's removal. Some facelift, there's
1: some deep plane facelift. Like, I, why would you just pick those two things out? So, I think that's where <laughs> I, I lose respect for people. So. so,
2: so I have a question for you. Yeah. So, you know how, um, so it's like two parts. Okay. Here's part one. Part one we have definitive scientific proof and real-life evidence that Ozempic works. Yes. Right? So, it works for um, people who are diabetic. Yeah. And what I'm going to talk about is it works for people who want to lose weight. Yes. Because there are very few overweight people in Hollywood anymore. Right?
1: Clarkson, Jennifer Hudson. Well, Jennifer Hudson lost weight before that. But, yeah, you're right.
2: Huddy, Oprah, like, so yeah. Clarkson. I mean, they're all up and down. Housewives. Housewives. Right. It's 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 all the different races of women in Hollywood and, and men and age. It doesn't matter. It works. Right. OK. So, OK, we know that. Right. It, it works. Yep. And then. Second, the second part of this is we know that. Because we've been told by science you know, all our lives. That there is a negative cost on uh, humans, on us, and on society by people who are significantly overweight. Yes, right. So I'm not judging them, but I'm saying that science has said that the healthcare is more expensive, and there's just a there's an effect on society on the individuals first of all, but on society because of America being overweight and then we have all these industries around weight loss and how to eat and um all that kind of stuff you know stomach removal and you know all the different diets all that stuff so if you take those two things together do you think we should make Ozempic just widespread and free for people
1: good question and i probably would have said yes but the, the issue that I have, there's two parts of this. One is they stopped doing studies on that drug after a year. So what, what, what's missing from those studies is what happens long-term. So what oh. impacts it has, how long you have to take it. If you're off, do you gain the weight back? And secondly, there have been more and more um, issues with women having what is called a collapsed stomach. So what happens is their stomach can no longer retain food or liquids. Like, so they vomited up. They sometimes have to have surgery. I I actually had a girlfriend who lives in my neighborhood who went through that, like legitimately took one shot of Ozempic and ended up with this, uh, with this stomach issue, which a paralyzed stomach. So I, for one would love to take it to me. um, You know, you, you see, because of society standards and the patriarch of what women's beauty looks like, it's this, it's this pressure to say, this is how I should look. I should now look like those women in Hollywood, the Kardashians who are are getting '90s thin because they're on Ozempic Kelly Clarkson really fast. She hasn't, she's has denied it. Oprah says she's on it. So you think about how society in general, and it's usually the patriarchy that says this is women's beauty.
2: Right, And, right. you
1: know, you think you should take something. And then I think about all the work that I do just physically, um, The you know, I try to be careful with the foods that I put in my body, the yeah. choices that I make, I don't drink alcohol. Um, and I think to myself, like, do I want to add something as an injection with a shot into my mm-hmm. body that I don't know the long-term effects on? Like, yes. Would I love to say, hey, I've lost 40 pounds because I took Ozempic, but do I also... Want to know that after a year of taking Ozempic that I don't have to take it anymore, and that has not been determined yet.
2: That's interesting. Okay, that that's good because I I don't know I didn't know until right now about the studies or anything like that. I'm I was just going on seeing everybody in, in, and yeah. on TV in Hollywood and and you know what I um so that's good information and I agree with you you know going back to the the. The answering their question, honestly, what will Kelly Clarkson just say? Just say that. Like, no one's going to yeah, judge you.
1: I don't you. get it. Yeah.
2: No one's going to judge you because, look, we have, you know, we were introduced to Kelly Clarkson in the first season of uh, American, Idol, American Idol. And she was a she was a baby, right? She was a yeah. child, teenager or whatever. And she had, you know, her baby fat. She was really thin, right? And, and those, but she had a pretty round face. And then, you know, she got married. She grew up. She had a kid or two. And she got bigger, but she's still Kelly Clarkson.
1: Yep. And didn't change
2: your voice. Then change your voice, and like they say, if Kelly Clarkson sees a cover of her, of your song, it's now her song. Yeah,
1: it's, and it's better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a funny shit, man. <laughs> and yes, yeah, she shows up, and she is like she was when we first saw her. She's you know very thin. She still looks like Kelly Clarkson. But why say, oh no, I just been working or whatever she said? Like it's I've so just different.
1: been diet and exercise. I'm going uh, through which some of that's true. And you think right. about this ozempic is without a prescription is around a thousand dollars a month so Ooh. like thinking about there's other ones there's Wegovy. there's um another there's a couple that fall under that same ozempic thing like pre-diabetic okay. and, and technically if you're not diabetic then you're everybody's pre-diabetic like right i, I guess That's,
0: right so
1: like legitimately we're all pre-diabetic but i think Without all this and the fact finding behind it, and you know, my sister is a, is a clinical dietitian. She is uh-huh. an intuitive eating coach. She, if I mention the word Ozempic to her, I get like a thirty-minute spiel <laughs> on why do you want to do that? You don't know the long-term effects. Like, I'm gonna troll why, her.
2: And, I'm going troll like, her and text her some you, random stuff about it. You
1: should. You should tell her I decided I'm gonna go on Ozempic, and she'll start. <laughs> she'll start asking you a bunch of questions that you'll have to answer, and then she'll try to sneak in some facts about it. But I, I love think, it. I think it's that we are always we are always looking for some easy fix to fit into. Because if I get thinner, or if anybody loses weight, nothing changes in their life. They don't make more money. They don't. They're not nicer. They're not like people don't love them more. Legitimately, nothing changes when your body changes. Like, but you, we are so like. Listen, the diet industry is a a multi-billion-dollar-year industry. We thrive they thrive capitalism thrives on the fact to make women and men insecure on how they look from that's skin amazing. to hair to weight loss to height to body hair i mean it's a it's a it's a constant um state of living to a, having to believe that you need to be at a certain standard to be accepted
2: right yeah that that's a great point yeah, because I I didn't know about the studies like it's only been studied for a year or something like that, and um, I I do remember the early news stories about how people were saying the new diabetic drug was causing them to lose weight, and it's funny because on TV they still it's still promoted as a diabetic drug, which Diabetes. it is, right? It is, but online, like I don't know all the names, but some of you are just mentioning mentioning, but. Some of the ads you see online, uh, whether it's on a social media app or just like Apple News, for example, there's it's not Ozempic, but it's it's like Ozempic, like a fake exhibit. I don't know if it's fake, but you know the different name, but it's it's promoting it specifically for weight loss, not for uh, diabetes. diabetes.
1: Yeah, it's insane. So, like, and of course. People that are always in a constant battle, your body, no matter what you do, will end up at a place where it's supposed to be. Yes. So like you can lose that weight and then gain that all back. Like, it, I think there's too many risks for it. You know, somebody said to me the other day, or actually, I think I said it to myself, you know, there's, there's this, because this beauty standard and you see these women's bodies and if the devil asked me, this is when I knew it wasn't important because the devil would approach me. This was all in my head as I'm going to sleep one night. Mm-hmm. I say, all right, the devil says, Jennifer, I will make your body any way you want. It. Any, like no matter who it is, your body will be your dream body, right? But you have to eat meat.
2: Oh, that's a good one. What would you do?
1: No, I wouldn't do it. You
2: would eat the meat. There you go. So
1: so then that's what made me realize that it is not that important to me. Like it doesn't supersede my moral ethics to have something that again i deem beautiful because society told me that's to be beautiful
2: right that's, Crazy. that's a good point it's funny you, it's, it's funny you mentioned your um your sister being a clinical a clinical dietitian I was yes. that was she Yes. yep so i went for my um one of my um doctor checkups this um this past week it wasn't even a checkup i just needed to check on my ankle you know I heard my ankle walking um, yeah, some months two ago. Years ago it's still it wasn't two years ago it was, but it's almost <laughs> a year it's still in pain and it's just it's soft tissue and ah. so I'm gonna get some physical therapy on it this kind of stuff and get some topical um, anti-inflammation uh, uh, cream that kind of deal but anyway talking to the doctor um, or the doctor talking to me we're just going through you know the basics I gotta get my annual blood work and all this kind of stuff and she was like Oh, I see you've lost weight and everything. So yeah, keep doing what you do, what you're doing. And we could prescribe a shot for you, but let's keep you know doing what you're doing. And I was like, like, why did you even have to introduce that? Like, wow. do you know what I mean? Because yes, like it just came. So, like, out.
1: thought was that shot.
2: Yes, I mean oh. she did not specifically say Ozempic. However, okay. what else would it be? I, I, that's what I thought. Like, well, I, you,
1: know, you know what I thought of when you said that it was a cortisol shot for your foot.
2: Right. She was like, you no, know, because we have moved on. Well, she did say yeah. that, too. She said, you know, if if the physical therapy and the cream doesn't work, you still keep having pain, then we'll look at ourselves. But we don't need to do that right now. We don't even need to do x-ray. No, she said, we'll take an x-ray just to double check it. But, you know, we'll check it in a couple months or something. Because it's not like a pain on a uh, on a scale 1 to 10. It's not a 10. It's probably just, you know, if I walk four or five miles in a day, it's going to be in pain that evening and I can't do it the next day. So... It's not an emergency. But anyway, when the, she was looking at my chart, you know, my blood pressure was okay and I hadn't done my blood work. So she wanted to check my, um, all the blood kind of stuff. And then yeah. she, because they weighed me there. And then it was interesting because I remember your sister saying, you know, you don't have to get weighed at the doctor. Yeah, never. And so I was like, well, I do want to get weighed because I had to weigh myself in a while. And then the lady did something that was interesting. She said, do you want to know your weight?
0: Mm. And I was like, oh, that
2: was a little different kind of deal. And so then I was like, yeah. And so then when I, when I was with the doctor, she finally said, okay, yeah, see, since your last visit, you lost 20 pounds. And I was like, yeah, you know, I started eating a little differently, walking a little bit more. That's why I got this injury. I'm walking a little bit yeah. more, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, well, okay, well, keep doing what you're doing. But if that doesn't wow. work, yeah, we have this shot. You know, this, I was like, wow, that is really, in-. that's what got me thinking about Ozempic, right? This, what I, why I brought this up because it, and again, she didn't say the, the word Ozempic, but it's a shot. Like, what else would it be?
1: Damn, you know, and you know, sir, there's some people that went off of it because the fact of, you know, it 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 it's part of your brain that doesn't allow you to like think about food necessarily. But then uh... people weren't enjoying food either anymore. Like, it was, you know, I enjoy the taste of food. I enjoy making something. I enjoy the experience. Of yeah, the process. Food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I I like that. I don't ever want that to be done. So those shots tell me it just takes away from still enjoying like you should be able to enjoy your food maybe it's not as much maybe it's you know my sister Uh, that's interesting She uses this tip and maybe it'll help somebody out there but Mm -hmm. when she talks to clients her this is a tip that the takeaway for me resonated but in general when somebody's starting to be on a little healthier path and healthy is that's a vast statement so health is different Mm -hmm. for everybody but um if you're trying to make some changes and maybe because the doctor said you have to lose a few pounds because your blood pressure is really high we'll use that as an example mm-hmm. that essentially her thought process is: do not it's not about removing something it's about adding something mm-hmm. so currently keep doing what you're doing and if you're not adding vegetables to your dinner add vegetables if you're not walking add walking 30 minutes three days a week if you're not drinking enough water add water. So most people start to remove things from their diet or
2: their. That's a really good. That's a really good um, realignment of your thinking. Yeah, that's really good.
1: Adding something instead of taking away because deprivation is why people can't sustain it, right? So if you say, "I'm not, I'm for the next six months, I'm not gonna eat French fries," that's all you think about is French fries. Right.
2: Right. Right. All you
1: think about. So that's a that's a little a tippity tip. Um, yeah. And then I'll send you a Venmo for that.
2: Yeah. You know, we can end up on the Apple podcast medical side of podcast. <laughs> There's well, a lot that, of crum out there. Us, you know?
1: This is going to get us a sponsor. So you set, you sent something to me this week, and I think it's super important. I know you sent it to me, and I, I think the, the person, I'm going to look it up, but it was on the, the Twitter or the X. When we're talking about famous people and last week we talked about Black History Month and just sort of spanning and removing ourselves, like taking a bigger picture of things. And a bigger picture came through at the Grammys this week. Taylor Swift. I'm not yeah. a Swifty. I don't oppose Taylor Swift. I think she's actually, I think she uses her platform for the right reason. She gets young people to vote. She seems like she's got a good head on her shoulders. All of that. She yes. won 13 Grammys are they are they grammys that should be won th- that she should be given possibly but let's say it was monique nikea on the mm-hmm. tweets mm-hmm. she I, i'm just gonna read through this i know you sent it to me okay. but I, 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 I mean, so taylor swift has won album of the, the year grammys she has more Albums of the Year Grammys than Stevie Wonder.
0: Who
2: has three. And Tana Stratton yes. just got her fourth. Okay.
1: Then Michael Jackson. Then Prince, who has zero. That's crazy. Let's just pause for a second. Prince has zero Grammys. Mariah Carey. Guess what? Zero. Aretha Franklin. Zero. Janet Jackson, zero. Etta James, zero. James Brown, zero. B.B. King, Nat King Cole, Natalie Cole. Than anyone ever. So if you take a step out from that, what's the one difference between them and her?
2: Yeah, and you know, yeah. She's white and they're all black. I mean, you you gotta just say it. Um, And it's... It's really terrible because, you know, in in American music, specifically American music, that we know that if we just look at, if you look at um, famous white artists, singers, bands, groups, or whatever, and if you interview them and ask who their influences were, in in the list of influences, they will always mention a black singer or band. Every time,
1: You're right.
2: every time you listen to the Beatles, they talk about their, um, who influenced them. You listen to Elvis, mm-hmm. you'll talk about who influenced them. You, you listen to Taylor Swift, she'll talk about who, 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 what singers influenced her. And you can go down through history and because within the, within the genre of music, musicians and singers and songwriters, composers, blah, 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 they respect each other and they, and they know talent, yes. right? And, and they know talent. And um, so it's interesting that the Academy or whatever they're called, the Academy is for Academy Awards, whatever the Grammy people are called, that through all the years, they just don't recognize the talent the same. Now, Stevie Wonder won three Album albums of the year. He won them three in a row. It was an artistic exposure that was just absolutely bonkers. And then um, Michael Jackson won the album a year once, I think. And then once, um, I think Lauren Hill as a Black woman won Album of the Year, probably in like 96, 97, 98, something like that. And no Black woman has won it since. Wow. I mean, so, you, so you're saying this century. So from 2000 to 2024, not a single one? Like not one. And then you start thinking, not Mariah Carey, not Whitney Houston? Like what?
1: Aretha Franklin?
2: Aretha Franklin, who even... Rolling Stone magazine said in their list, their list is sometimes a little bit weird. They named her through a a panel of voting and experts. They named her the number one singer in American history, like pop or whatever you call it, right? It was Aretha Franklin. And and so it just is very disrespectful. So Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar had one of the greatest rap albums of all, time a few years ago, and he lost album of the year to Matt Lamar. Right. Oh he lost, he lost rap out rap he, yes he lost rap album of the year to Macklemore, a Seattle-based white guy who has some fun little songs oh. but it was against finmar just, just it, it, it makes no sense or Beyonce once lost to the singer Beck and you go okay you could always say okay there's a one-off here this person won okay they don't have to win. Every year, but how can you not have an album of the year by Prince, by Whitney Houston? They all those names—Janet
1: Jackson, Janet I Jackson,
2: carry. right? And this is what Black people mean by systemic, right? That's that's what's called systemic racism. Meaning, it's not just an individual who's being racist to another individual. There's a system set up whereby you have these artists who influence and who drive the music culture in America. And not just America, but in the world. Black artists drive music in the world, right? And even when Adele won her, she said, I shouldn't have won. Beyonce should have won this. She said it on stage. I shouldn't have won this. This, Beyonce should have won this album of the year. And she had this, she's my, I want to see her. And this film going around, because this issue popped up, of, of Celine Dion, and a couple other singers backstage, like back in the 90s of the Grammys. And Whitney Houston's on stage, like starting to sing. And Celine's giving an interview. She's like, we have to stop, get the sound. And all these singers, and they all happen to be white. Because it's not a big deal. They just were. And they put it on TV and they're backstage. And they, they all stopped everything to watch Whitney Houston sing. And Celine started crying. She's like, I've never heard anything like this. And Whitney Houston never went out on a year.
1: Dang
2: it's incredible. It is. It is. But you know what, sir? I have a solution. Okay,
1: let's hear this.
2: Look, we now have 30 something years and, you know, hundreds of combined seasons of reality TV of people having to vote in public. You know what? Yeah. The, the people in the Grammys need to vote, and we need to see their names. We need to know, see their faces, and we need to see who they vote for. Because when, when Beyonce didn't win a couple years ago for, I don't think it was Renaissance, it was like Lemonade or one of her other albums, they interviewed some of the Grammy voters. And the Grammy voters said, multiple Grammy voters, they happen to be white. They said, no, I really didn't listen to her album. She wins enough Grammys. They didn't even listen to it. <laughs> oh god. my god look sir if your only job in the music industry is to hand out the room, <laughs> you can at least listen to the album you can vacuum your house and have the album on Christ. it's not hard to listen to music even if you don't like it right oh. even if you don't just listen to it it's not going to harm you so i i think like with uh big brother like with uh, well, Big Brother, they do the last American one, Idol, but American Idol, so especially Survivor, X Factor, X Factor. This uh, new one we're watching, Traders,
1: America's Got Talent.
2: Yes, you just say, you know what? My name is, you know, my name is, you know, um, uh, Lance Jackson. I am the, you know, I'm an executive producer for Sony Music. I'm a voter for the Grammys, and I vote for Album of the Year, you know, McLemore over Beyonce, motherfucker. We. <laughs> Oh, because look, we're not talking about presidential gubernatorial mayor mayor elections. We're, no, we're talking no about something it. that it's completely made up. It's completely <laughs> made up. It's, <laughs> well, it's no different than Survivor, it's no different than reality show. It's just a group of people that decide this is this. So you know what? You need to be made public.
1: I think that's a good idea. I think when last week we talked about which we should talk about tonight, is because we're talking about music is Nicki Minaj and Megan
2: Thee Stallion. Oh, Lord, no, no we got to cover that. We got to cover that. <laughs>
1: they Ooh. didn't win a Grammy, but Megan the Stallion should win something.
2: Yes, and she, Megan the Stallion just signed like a giant music contract. I, I want to say it was with Warner Bros, but I'm not really sure of the company, but significantly, so she, re- she, she released an album called HISS, H-I-S-S, I guess like the sound of stink banks kind of deal. And in one, in like the, the first release song, she she had she had been taking, she had been receiving a lot of negative comments from Nicki Minaj for whatever reason. Like Nicki Minaj is sort of known in the music, she's a hater. She just has feuds with everybody. And she had just been picking at Megan Sound, Megan Sound, never saying anything back. Well, Megan Sound released uh, the first album, the first song on her album called Hiss, and there's a line in there that says, um, she never mentions Nikki by name, but in, in rap diss tracks, you know what people are talking about. So she says, instead of worrying about Megan, meaning herself, you ought to be worried about Megan's law.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Oh, my God!
2: So for those who don't know, uh, Nicki Minaj's brother is in prison um, for um, sexual assault, um, being a pedophile, right? and while he was Accused and going through trial. miscommunized, so um supported him loudly, and she still supports him, even though he's convicted. And her husband is also a convicted um, assaulter, sexual assaulter, and cannot be around children. Like, he's that. He cannot be around children as part of his probation. So when Megan and Salazar say you need to not be worried about Megan, meaning her, You need to be worried about Megan's law. Megan's law is the law about notifying people in neighborhoods when sexual offenders are going to move into their neighborhoods. Like, holy fuck. So that hit online and people were going bonkers over it. So Nikki Minaj went on a 96 hour social media tirade. 96 (laughs)
1: hour? How many? That's like almost two weeks.
2: (laughs) She just went, she just non stop just saying nasty things. And, and as the time progressed, she got nastier and nastier. And she was mostly on Instagram, Instagram live, but her stuff was spilling over into Twitter and spilling over into TikTok. And it just, it just got it got so nasty that um, her fans, who called themselves the Barbs, like Barbie, the Barbs, they just were attacking supporters of uh, Megalith Stallion online and doxing people, which is the process of finding out who someone is online. And exposing her name, address, and stuff like that. Um, and, and Nicki Minaj even started going after Megan Lee Stallion's mother. Her Megan Lee Stallion's parents passed away. And she was talking about her, talking about her mother and her her fans told where her mother was buried, the, the, the cemetery, and all this stuff. And the cemetery had to put security guards. Like it got really, it. it it went it was insane.
1: I mean she went she went in, so she's protecting. So Nicki Minaj is literally protecting a pedophile.
2: Yes. Yes. And yeah. it just
1: didn't she went on stallion? Like, didn't she take the guy that shot Megan in the foot?
2: Yes. Or- and, yes. And she also, she also, yes, yeah, she took uh Tori Lance, she took his side. Yep. And she and in her tirade, she even went it up. said, so you don't even have a scar. Or, on your, you have know, a scar, and and she called her big maybe look, look, she's called Megan the Stallion, and I don't know how tall she is, but she is a absolute stud, right? Like she is probably, I want to say six one, six two. Oh damn! Yeah, Megan the Stallion is probably six, at least six six one, but she might be six two, and she's like, she is built. I mean, I mean that's 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 part of her her act. Like she shows off. This incredible body she has. And, and on Instagram, she shows off uh, like a lot of people, her workout routines, right? She's always posting her in the gym and everything. And she has sponsorships with various gyms and this kind of stuff. So, you know, that's part of her, that's part of her deal. And of course, Nicki Minaj, she's probably you know, she's, you know, she's not six one or six two. She she released a an album, a diss track, and she called it Bigfoot. Like she's calling her Bigfoot. Awesome. As if like I mean, that's so petty, right? It, it's just so petty. And then her diss track was universally ridiculed for sounding like Dr. Seuss rhymes.
1: <laughs> she can't win. <laughs> she
2: can't win. And then yeah, Megan Stelton right, <laughs> then signs this massive contract, right? Which not only is it a massive contract and distribution there with the, the music company, but she also retained all her originals, the ownership of her originals and the ownership of all her, all her uh, writing, everything is still hers, which is like an amazing deal. You want to be able to get that, and so her—that's that's what her people came back with. She never responded to Nicki Minaj's trash. It just the next thing you heard from her was this massive contract.
1: <laughs> <laughs> say less. She's say, like, say, say less. Yep. <laughs> she
2: said you should be worried about Megan's law. Look, sir, I look, I look, I'll go on the record. Any if, if if I know anyone and you get charged with, you know, a violence like that against children and you get convicted and you go to jail and, I, and, they, and they know me and the news interviews me, I'm going to say, I always love this person and they belong in jail. That's yes. exactly. You know what? This is my my friend, my relative, whatever. I understand this kind of love. However, you can't do that. You belong in jail. Yep,
1: I gotta protect. I, we gotta protect the citizens. Not right? even. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now,
2: I'm not gonna choose the love of my friend, relative, whatever, over the protection of a of child.
1: Yeah. Never. Right? Never. Like,
2: screw that! Like that. That's that's crazy. And she still does. Like she still does. She blames the she blames the children, the girls. Everything. Still does. And so nothing has changed. And I that's just look, I, I don't begin any of these feuds and stuff. But that's pretty detestable.
1: That's yeah. That's a that's I like how you sum that up. Uh, God, I mean, we had th- this is we went shallow on a lot of stuff. We so we did. should finish. We should finish with uh, our, the shows that we're watching, and then I do as you sum up, I guess, who are you rooting for in Super Bowl this weekend?
2: Um, okay, so I, I finally got um, Paramount's Plus with the Showtime add-on.
1: Okay, um, finally.
2: So I've been going into the Showtime shows, so I just started Yellow Jackets and I'm enjoying it. Um, It's a series, and a, a a girls' high school soccer team uh, has a, their airplane crashes, yep. and they're on an island, and a lot of shit happens in the past and in the future. So it's really good. I'm enjoying that. And then there's two horror movies on Showtime that I've watched and am watching. One is called uh, X, just the letter X, and it's like okay. a slash movie. And then the spinoff from that is called Pearl because there's a character in that movie that we learn more about and she gets her own spinoff called Pearl. And Pearl is actually a good movie. Like it's a good slasher movie. It's, it's sort of similar to... Psycho, the Anthony Perkins one, the classic one. It, it, yep. it reminds me of that. Oh, it's pretty wow. good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and then I just started another series on um, Paramount Plus or Showtime called The Curse. And I can't think of this actress lady's name, but she looks like Amanda Siegfried, I think is her name. But I don't know if it's her because there's like three of them look like her. So,
1: okay. Yeah. <laughs> we don't all look the same. <laughs>
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'll put it in the show notes. I don't know that lady's name, but it looks like it could be her, but I don't know.
1: Amanda sick, right? <laughs> <laughs> Or the other Amanda. <laughs> yeah, that
2: one that looks like her. So that's what I'm watching. Oh, And so because I'm from California, I want the 49ers to win the Super Bowl over the Kansas City Chiefs. However, if I was a betting person, I would bet on the Chiefs because I think in big games, I, I once heard this betting person on TV say this, and I've never forgotten it. He said, in and, and, and football, especially in big games, ignore everything everybody tells you and just decide who do you think is the better quarterback. Mm. And most of the time, he said, not always, but most of the time, from a betting perspective, the better quarterback is who you bet on to win the game. And Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. Yeah. So I think the Fortnite could win, and I want them to, but I've had to bet. I would follow that betting guy's advice and say that Kansas City Chiefs are going to win.
1: I like that. I I like that. And I think it's – I. San Francisco has not played that great their last couple games. And if they play like they have played against Green Bay and against um, Detroit, I mean, they came back, yes, but Mm. they just didn't play well to begin with. That they're not going to be able to hold up to what Kansas City is about to bring, right? And you know, when you have Taylor Swift on your side, you know she shows up to the game. So there's that. Um, I am watching. Okay, so I have finished all previous seasons of Fargo. Now shut
2: up, (laughs) man! You did it. You you did it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was like a second job, but I enjoyed it. It was. So I I did it three four and then went to one two because some of them I guess there's little bits and pieces you don't have to watch them all in order but I guess the idea is there are some remnants from the episodes or the seasons that go into other seasons yeah you so see what
2: I mean like there's a little
1: yeah a but... little bit there yeah so I just started season five the one with John Hamm and I hope he dies like <laughs> I'm three episodes <laughs> in him and his son I'm like oh my god I hope they die. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. I am also watching um, the Traitor. You talked about that last. Yes, week.
2: the Traitor. Um, it's pretty good. I like it's silly, but it's pretty good.
1: It's silly. It's pretty good. There's a. It's very dramatic. Um, Alan yes. Cumming, who's the host, is very dramatic with with what he does. Um, but it's very it's show. It's very devious. You know, yes. you can't. You have to be a game player and not give a shit whose feelings you hurt. Like on yes sounds like my ideal like i would i would not mind being on that show but um so i'm watching that i've got my chicago med that i that i love the scripted show that came back um i'm also watching true detective with jodie foster yes
2: i'm watching that it's so good
1: it's so good my sister told me the season before that might be better so i might start that one okay uh, because each of them are different there's no coincidence there's no overflow of any of those seasons but um this one's a little freakier. I think this one goes deeper than just finding a killer. There's, there's some a story. lot happening here. Yeah, there's a lot happening. Um, and I believe, now I have to do a fact check. I believe this is Jodie Foster's like first TV series.
2: Is it really? I, I mean, that makes so- sense because I don't remember seeing her on a TV series.
1: Yeah, I don't either. So I so she's done a lot of movies, of course, and she's done a lot of directing. But I believe this is her first TV series. So um, watching that, I've got my Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I got my yes. Real Housewives of Miami. I mean, I can't wait for, I think the next ones that should be coming out soon are like New Jersey or something. So I can't wait for that drama. Um, so yeah, I'm keeping myself filled. I, I do have, and I'm waiting to watch, um Capone and oh, I forget it it's with the women like Calista Flockhart Demi Moore um oh, Chloe that, Uh it is on Hulu and okay.
2: oh um, yes yes I uh, saw that advertised on Hulu yes
1: yeah, so I gotta watch that there's only two seasons in and I I am still waiting for X-Pac to finish that's the one with um Nicole Kidman. Yes,
2: yes. I, I I watched one episode of that, and I it's it's like it's intense. But I yeah, I like that. It, yeah, I'm gonna good. wait.
1: I'm gonna wait yes. till they're all done. So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Fargo. I'll finish Fargo this season, and then next week when we meet, you know, I'm I'm telling everybody now because Myron will forget this, but I leave for Costa Rica next time.
2: What the hell? That's so- already. <laughs>
1: You, you never tell me nothing. So I will not be recording while I'm in Costa Rica. So I'm sure Ilian or you can just you know, have a good yeah, conversation. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get
2: her on there because she's all stressed doing all this all wedding stuff. So yes. I'm gonna I get her on there and just like maybe we'll chat it up about that.
1: Talk through that. I love it. So yeah, we covered a lot today. Always a pleasure catching up with you. I know next week we'll have some things to talk about. I, I do want to make sure that we continue to talk about um, the 2025 elections or 2024 yes. elections that are coming yes. up, and um, in the see. elections
2: there'll be some court case, some court cases because the Supreme Court is talking about some Donald Trump shit right now. Um, different ballot stuff going around. We still have the war, the two wars that the America is involved in in, in Ukraine and um, Palestine, and Gaza and Israel. We want to get into that and uh, just yeah, yeah, some 2024 kind of stuff. And you yeah. know, we also have um our own california primary coming up so we could talk about because we have a race for senator here and uh, you know yes all our stuff so we we cover all that stuff
1: definitely so it's going to be next week we'll have a good conversation around politics if you if there's anything you want us to discuss in regards to politics that you'd like to hear our opinions and thoughts on please reach out to us on social media i know myron has a a, a, a large following on Twitter. I'm never going to call it X. I hate calling it X. I'll never on call it X. Yeah, reach out to him there. He'll bring it to the show. And uh, we love to, we have an opinion on everything. So l- always a pleasure talking with you, sir. Please remember to listen to us, rate us, share yes. us, because once we become sponsored, we'll forget about
2: it. Right. We're just, we're going to just go on. We're going to be like, you got to talk to our publicists.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so so enjoy the contact the closeness that you can have with us now
2: sir it's been great i will talk to you later
1: yeah peace out bye peace out
0: love this podcast be sure to like subscribe and leave a review visit the episode description to find out how you can connect with the hosts on social media Voice Memos is a production of Dear Dean Publishing. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without consent.